Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Fountain Church Podcast. Our prayer is that God speaks to you in a real and powerful way. So go ahead, grab your Bible, grab a notepad and your coffee, and let's dive in. So um, last week we, we started uh, a, uh, a part two of in being intentionally relational. So how do we live in the tension intentionally relationally? Um, and so we, we started to, to, to break down our serve standard. We're going to get into that in just a minute. But we we're kind of looking at relationships. We were talking about relationships that go the distance yeah. and how today it just doesn't seem like we're made to go the distance. Right. Is that true? Yeah. And I think there's just some things that we expect not to go the distance, right? Like there's some things that, that we don't. Can you guys click on the uh, thing on the back? Because it's not working on my keyboard. Where and you, you guys want to see this. Bam. There it is. It's milk. Um, so milk is not built to last. Expiration date. I'm very it's finicky funky. with expiration yeah. dates on milk. Yes, it's funky. It makes me nervous. Real. Yeah. I, I think... Uh, you can make this combination. They are not, not meant to, to last. Cookies and milk. They're Especially with our production team. No. Our, our production team, it's not uncommon for Pastor James to say, hey, we're going to have a meeting and bring in Oreos and milk. We can, yes, um, Oreos and milk. Shout every out to time. our production team. They deserve it. These things don't last long, though. Uh, how about tires? Tires can go a little bit more of the distance. Don't you think? Yeah. Don't drive like that, guys. Yeah, anybody, That's really if, bad. if you need some tires. Uh, but, but I think tires, there's like some can go 30,000 miles, yeah. 40, 80, yep. right? So they can go a little bit further. Yep. Um, there, there's, one, there's, one more, um, there's one more team that just wasn't shown to go the distance. And I, I mean. Uh, That's messed up. You guys are soon. all messed up. It was too soon. Too soon. I was going to put the Raiders soon. up, but I always pick on the Raiders, right? <laughs> and I love the Raiders. Um, well, a couple other things besides these guys. Uh, computers aren't yes. built to last. They're not. Um, not according light to bulbs. Apple. Yeah, right? Yeah. Light bulbs, they go out. Uh, stockings, ladies, you know, like nylons or something. They're not. Did you know when nylons were first made back in, I don't know, what, 20s? Tens, anybody? Thirties? It doesn't oh, matter. No. When they were when they first came out, they were so durable they would tow trucks with them. What? True story. Wow. And then the makers were like, hmm, nobody's ever gonna buy these again. So then they made them a little bit more wow. fragile. Hey, so what, stockings aren't meant to last. What'd you learn in church today? That nylons can tow trucks. It's awesome. <laughs> Listen. So <good. laughs> They used to. Hey. TVs, phones, cars, they're not meant to last. No, they're, they're, they're not meant to last. But then I think sometimes we just know that certain things aren't meant to last. But then other times I think we shoot for quick fixes. Anybody a quick Real. fix person? Um, no? So all you guys are totally responsible. That's great. It's awesome. Lies. But, but I, I, think, I think some of the quick things, the quick fixes, uh, duct, tape is, <laughs> duct tape is a great source of quick fixes. It really is. Across the board. This is something Jackie would do. I would never do this. Look at these. Do. do I look like I would do that? No, I would, really. Yeah, those, those. <laughs> now, this scares me. This is something I would do. You know what? It probably this works, This is something though. I would do. It probably works. If my father-in-law's here, he'd probably attest to it. I would do something like this. It's going to be fine. It's going to work. No problem. And then uh, fall to my demise. Now, this one makes me a little bit nervous. Listen. All right? I, yep. I don't know. Duct tape on an airplane engine. I don't, he's serious about it too. 
Look, he's like making sure there's no air pockets like going all the way across. Yeah. Mm-mm. Quick fixes. How many guys are grateful for quick fixes? But there's certain areas of our life that we don't want to use quick fixes on. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And then there are other things that are just built to last. There are some things out there, guys. Lifetime guarantees. Anybody a fan of lifetime guarantees? Great return policies. Yeah. Hello, Costco. Shout out to Costco. Great return policy at Costco. But there are some things that are meant to last and go the distance. Now, it's going to cost you a little bit more up front. You're going to pay a little bit more out of pocket. They're a little bit harder to find. You have to research it. You have to just kind of dig. But they're worth it in the end. Part of me feels like warranties are scams, too, because even though it's like, yeah, lifetime warranty, always, and then you yeah. never use it. <laughs> I always you know decline I mean? the warranty. No, thank you. I know. But there, there, there are some things that... It's six ninety nine. That's like... You decline the warranty at six ninety nine. I do. <laughs> Moving right along. Uh, so so here, here are some things that really can go the distance. I didn't know this. This one blows my mind. Yeah, this is a warranty from Jansport. If your pack ever breaks down, simply return it to our warranty center. Man. We'll fix it. Or if we can't, we'll replace it. We always bypass Jansport, too, because it's ex- a little it's, bit more expensive. Yeah. So we like go the can sports, sand sports. We do. You know, maybe I, I'm trying sports. <laughs> I'm trying sports. But I didn't, know that, I didn't know that it's a lifetime. Did you guys know that? I would have mailed that in. Some of wow. your parents are like, shoot. Next Every year, year, get a new one. Next school year. Uh, what uh, else we got? Uh, the Vermont teddy bear. Oh, this that's where everybody goes, oh. This one, I love this. I love this warranty. Every once in a while, a tragedy will strike, a dog attack, a chance meeting with a lawnmower. We are talking free, full coverage health care for your bear's entire lifetime. Health care. The best warranty statement ever. What in the world? I'm like, can I be a Vermont bear? Let's go. Um, What what about Cutco? I got got to admit, there's been been some of my friends in my life, I am so sorry for not allowing you to do a Cutco presentation uh, for me. Uh, Because I didn't realize that you can can hand these down generationally. You can give them to friends and the warranty continues. So if you work for Cutco, holler at me. Let's set up an appointment. We will buy some uh, now. I don't know if we can afford it, but we'll at least listen to the presentation and, and give you a round of applause. Um, and then this is probably my favorite is cast iron. This you is guys, all, this is yes. Jackie's, this have, is Jackie's love language. That's just all I cook on. This is all, it, pretty much all our stove is full of cast iron. If you've been to our house, you know that. And they're dirty. That's why I like them. But they're easy to, they're easy to clean. They're you don't not have easy to, to maintain. Them. You don't use soap. That's true. That's true. Or is that just But us? then you have to use oil and all that stuff. So, so anyways, but, but cast iron, they're so confident that it doesn't even have a written warranty. It just says, we stand by our product. Just like, just solid. And I thought, man, I, I, want, I want our relationship, marriage. I want our friendships. I want our re- church family relationships. Every relationship in our life, I, I would love for them to be built like this. Yeah. Where they're just solid. Right? They, they, they can go the distance. And, and we, we are joking. We're having a great time. You know, quick fixes and yeah. just products that aren't meant to last. But there are some that are meant to last. And... Again, we have been in that relationship. This is part two. And it's not just romantic relationships. It's relationships across the board where we can say the same for our relationships in Jesus' name. That sometimes, you know, we want to do the quick fixes. We're fighting. Fine, I'll take you to dinner. Listen, that's a that's a that's a great fix though. Eating out is a quick fix. You're like, saying that's a yeah. good fix. Yeah, it is. It going is. out to eat. You know, there are things that are quick fixes, but we really want to lean into not just quick fixes or not just investing in things that aren't going to last a lifetime. We really feel like in Jesus, our relationships 
can have a guarantee, not of no problems, no troubles, no arguments, yeah. no fighting. We're not saying any of that, but the, the quality and the lifetime that it can have in the Lord is just remarkable. It's huge. But, but unfortunately, statistics don't show that we're, we're built for that today. So the average marriage lasts about eight years, and this was done in 2015, so it's probably uh, decreased since then. Uh, there's a divorce every 36 seconds. Now, let me just preface, if you've been divorced, this is no shame on you. We're talking about from this day forward, um, there's freedom and healing in Christ. So don't, uh, don't let the devil beat you up with any of that today. Uh, but there, there is a divorce every 30 seconds, 2,400 a day, about 6,000 a week, 876,000 or 16,000 a week and 876,000 a year. So just, it's just good to take a moment and pause and look at that. Let it sink in for a moment. Because, you know, in some countries right now, what they're doing is that you do a three-year contract. Like, we're going to try this thing for three years and see what happens, then we'll renew it, right? That's, that's how not confident they are in regards to marriages. Now, the average friendship now lasts about seven years. The average relationship with a church is seven years. So some of you guys are like, six and a half you years. six years? Like, are you guys leaving nowhere. us next month? What is going on? <laughs> But, but I think what's even more detrimental is uh, a new stat came out recently that the, the average pastor stays at a church for four years. Only four years. And I'm happy to say, man, we are on our six. Let's go. We're going we're gonna to die here if God lets us. I mean, that's just, that's our dream. Yep. It's a little yeah, bit morbid, absolutely. but. Um, that, that was morbid. I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but, but it, it's, it's just shown very clearly. So we've been in the, the parable of the Good Samaritan last week and this week. So we're going we're gonna to dive right in. We're going to jump into the text. You want to read it, Bill? Yeah, right. let's dive in, guys. Um, what I love about this parable is it's a great example of the wise and understanding, not really understanding even the simplest things. Wow. So we're going we're gonna to read it. We're going to dive in. And we take relationships so seriously. Yes. They are an example to everybody in our life who are saved and unsaved, and we want us to thrive we do. in every relationship across the board. Amen? I feel like I sink in these chairs. Like, I do. We, we adjust a lot. Don't worry. Uh, uh, and behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to that place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And everybody said... Amen. 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 We, we saw from last week, um, we started our serve standard. Um, we covered S and E. Um, I want to cover this first. This is one of the points that we had last week. Relationships that are life-giving always include self-dying. 
That's good. Relationships that are life-giving always include self-dying. Yes. So many times in, today, in today's society, we're told, go out for you. Ah, that is just such the opposite in the kingdom of God. Yeah. The more we pour out, just the more that we receive, and the more our eyes are just fixed on Jesus and what he's called us to and how he's called us to live, and we're going to be so much more fulfilled when we do that. So true. Um, we covered our two letters, um, S, which was safe and special. And we really tied that to critical conversations, not safe and special, don't have cr critical conversations, but safe and special, this is how we have critical conversations. Yeah. Because to be in a relationship where critical conversations aren't allowed, or you're easily angered, or whatever the case is, that's not creating a safe place for moving together, moving forward in relationship with one another. Yeah. And we covered E, extra mile service, um, not just going the demanded one mile but taking it to. So good. What else can I do to serve you? You demanded this from me, or I can do the bare minimum, but man, I want to serve you. I want to love you, and I want to do this extra mile. Yeah. If you guys haven't listened to it, go back. We had so much fun. God was... God was in it. it. It was just incredible. So we really encourage you guys to go back and listen to that. Um, one of the other points that we covered is relationships thrive the best in the soil of service and sacrifice. Man, I love that. Relationships thrive the best in the soil of service and sacrifice. Um, and we see today that we need that. Yeah. We see today that it's, it's lacking to be in relationship where there is service, where there is sacrifice, where there's a pouring out of me to the other person. Yeah. And in today's society especially, I'm going to show uh, a statistic in just a moment, but I want to set it up for you guys. Um, it has to do with our friendships. And we've all heard that opposites attract, um, but it's actually the exact, exact opposite. Opposites don't attract. We tend to go after in relationships people who think like us, look like us, have the same values. We kind of get into our own echo chamber. Have you guys heard that lately? Social yeah. media echo chamber. Big you time. only hear or see or receive or people only receive from you who think like you. Yeah. But in all reality, we've been having our own echo chamber before it even became an echo chamber on social media when it came to our own personal relationships. So, so I'm going to read this to you. A survey went out and asked whether people, people's current friends are most similar to themselves or mostly different from, from them in a number of ways. And the majority always chooses most similar. So we're going to show you this uh, diagram. I'm going to just kind of break it down to y'all really quick. Religious beliefs, 62% similar religious beliefs. Race or ethnicity, 74% the same. Income, 56% the same. Education level, 63% the same. Social status, 70% the same. Political views, hello somebody, 62% the same. And life stage, 69% the same. Uh, what we can see even in the evangelical circle, Christian circle, those statistics are even more driven apart. Yeah. For example, religious beliefs, 91% the same. Now we get that because we do life together. Uh, you want somebody in your life that's going to be like, Hey, let's not handle the problem negatively. Let's turn to Jesus. Right, so right. we can, we, we understand that one. That's good. Um, ethnicity, 88% the same. Wow. Political views, 86% the same. 
And I love what Barna said. This is research from Barna. It says, friendship with those who are different to us increases empathy and causes a shift in our views towards them in positive ways. And so briefly, last week, we covered with this whole 2020 COVID physical distancing or just kind of, you know, keeping our distance from one another has created a lack of empathy for one another. And now when we are friends with people who are similar to us, it, it increases that empathy gap yeah. where now it's like we don't even really relate or empathize with people who don't think like us, look like us, yeah. have our same political views. It's just creating a really big divide relationally. Do you guys feel that? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, and I, I think like part of it is normal. Like you kind of gravitate toward people that are like you. We, we all tend to do that. But I think the dangerous part of that is is that it, it can become very easy to become detached from others that aren't like you. Right. And, and so I think the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, it just really paints such a great picture because the gospel really destroys a lot of that. And as the church, I mean, if you look around, what, one of our, our values is that we are multi-generational, we are multi-ethnic. Um, the, the kingdom of God is, is diverse in and of itself. And and so I think the beauty of the gospel is we see, even in the ancient culture, like I think about in the book of Acts, where you have a, a former demon-possessed slave girl, you have a blue-collared worker who's a, a prison guard, and then you have a fashionista kind of a, a woman who is a CEO. She deals with cloth and purple. Her name was Lydia. Now, in any other context, they, outside of the gospel, they really wouldn't do life together. I mean, in this ancient culture, they, they're, on so, they're, they're on three different hemispheres. But now they're a part of the same church. Now they're worshiping together. They're praying together. And, and so the beauty of the gospel is it, is it forces us, the beauty of the church, even as you jump into small groups and, th- and things like that, you're going to be challenged because not everybody's going to be like you. And that, there, there's something I think so significant and special uh, about that. And I think the gospel does something that's so huge. If you're taking notes, you can jot this down, is it causes us to remember our why. And part of our serve standard, we want to uh, create safe and special environments. We want to have extra mile service, but we also want to remember our why. Because it, it's really easy, especially, we're t- remember, we're talking about tension in our relationships. It's easy when there's tension, whether it's in a friendship, a marriage, or just maybe somebody at your job or at school, it's easy in that space to just want to disconnect, to isolate, not to want to serve them. Definitely don't want to be a good Samaritan to them. And, and the gospel reminds us of not only uh, the importance of it, but also gives us the motivation to actually do that. So point in case, uh, Peter in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, it says, And when Peter came to Antioch, Cephas, that's Peter, uh, I opposed him to his face, Paul said. Paul's like, man, I'm... I'm getting after you, Peter, because he stood condemned before, for before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles, meaning Peter was like, cool, like, let's eat together. We're good. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid, fear is a key thing there, of those who belong to the circumcision group. So now some Jews come along and Peter's like acting like he doesn't know the Gentiles. And so Peter's losing his way. Peter's forgetting his why. And it says the other Jews joined him in hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. Like Barnabas, his name means son of encouragement. 
So even poor Barnabas got swept up, even kind of seduced back into a fear of religiosity, of works mentality that was shifting away from the gospel. So I love what Paul says. He says, when I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel. Notice how Paul attacks the root. He goes directly after the why. You want to know why there's tension, Peter? It's not because you're acting like this or acting like that. He said, no, no, no. The, the root is you've gotten away from the gospel. You, you've lost sight uh, of your greatest why. And so as a result of that, now you're, you're being prideful. Right now, there's racial tension because, you know, Jews and Gentiles, they, they didn't get along along those, those lines. There's a self-centeredness. Now it's up to me to earn my way to the Lord. And so now the po- rather than the focus being on Christ, it's now focused on him. And so we just see Peter goes in this downward spiral really quick because he loses his why. And what does it do? It creates tension in relationships. It creates tension. The same people that he was sitting down sharing a meal with, now I don't associate. I've separated myself from you. And so, so the bottom line is that when we lose sight of the gospel, when the gospel is not our why, let me say it this way, the gospel should be our ultimate why. And when the gospel is not our ultimate why, we start to be driven by other things other than the Holy Spirit. In this case, Peter was being driven by fear. And so now the breakdown starts to happen, right? We start to, make dis- we start to make decisions we shouldn't when the gospel's not our ultimate why, relationally. We, we start to, we get a skewed vision. Uh, we start to say things we shouldn't. How many of you guys have ever been there? And anybody ever ask you, why are you saying that? Why are you doing this? It's like, why has such a huge presence in tension? We ask why so much. But, but I would say, hey, we, we need to start with the ultimate why within ourselves because everything is going to get distorted. I think when we lose this why, we start to give up on things that God hasn't called us to give up on. Um, and, and we see for, for Peter here, um, it's a relationship. So, I, I mean, bottom line, before we speak, before we react as we're making decisions, um, I think we need to keep the gospel out in front, but, but how do we do that? And if you're taking notes, you can jot this down. Is that start with what God has done for you, not what he's called you to. And so a lot of times we know what we're called to do. I'm supposed to be the good Samaritan. God has called me to do that. I'm supposed to be nice to you because you're my wife, right? And, and so a lot of times, hey, how many of you guys know what you're called to do, but you still don't do it? But when you start with what he's done for you, woo, it changes the whole filter. Because then you're like, man, in light of all you've done for me, I can't treat you like this. Or now, now I can have the motivation to do what you've called me to do, not out of just obligation, but because it's really, it's really affecting my heart. The gospel is shifting and filtering the junk out of my heart so that we can actually um, get somewhere, right? And so, so a couple of, of just quick passages, uh, Romans chapter five, verse eight, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Meaning again, what are we doing? We're just starting with what he has done while we were sinners, while we didn't deserve it. He died for us. Uh, Philippians chapter two, verses five through nine. Paul says it like this. Let this be the same attitude in you that was in Christ, who, even though he was equal with God, did not consider equality with God, something to be grasped. But instead, he emptied himself, taking on the form of, the servant, of a servant being born in human likeness. 
And so when we see how he emptied himself for us when we were sinners and didn't deserve it, it's, it's, it makes it so much easier. It doesn't make it easy, but it makes it easier to serve others from that place. And I think it gives us a little bit more prophetic vision on what we may not see right away. Like we want to resolve tension right away. We want to fix things right away. But I love what Proverbs says, where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. And it literally means without revelation, without a revelation, without a word from God, without an understanding, I would go as far as to say of the gospel and all of its fullness. If you don't have revelation from God, you begin to cast off restraint. You start doing things and saying things and making decisions in, in ways that you normally wouldn't do. I, I love what it says here. It says in the Hebrew that casting off restraint, it means to be vacant, unoccupied. It means to avoid. It means to be empty, like I just have nothing for you. Mm. And it also means to avenge. Mm. Is that when we don't have prophetic revelation, all of a sudden vengeance is an option. Because we, we're, our filter is messed wow. up. And so... Um, with all that being said, I, I think as we see Christ as our good Samaritan, because a lot of times when we read this story, it's like, I want to be that good Samaritan. Well, I, I think before we can be the good Samaritan, we have to see that Jesus, as he's telling this parable, is on his way to the cross to die for broken people, um, to, to meet us in our emptiness, to meet us in our harassment, to meet us in, in the place of our, 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 where we're destitute, dying in our sins, Jesus is, is going to pay the ultimate price, even though he didn't have to. And so we see that when Jesus is the ultimate good Samaritan in our life and the gospel is our ultimate uh, why, mm. then all of a sudden we can start to live as a good Samaritan towards Amen. those that are completely different than us. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's yeah. so good. That's so good. So that takes us to V, which is value every person. I have to say, this is really random, but we didn't plan this matching outfit. Hey. Just, just so you know, we're not like that. I like your shoes. It's accidental. Um, okay, so value every person. Um, we're going to pick up in verse 35, but I, I want to lay out again really quickly. This man uh, already saw, he stopped and he served. He already bandaged his wounds. He already poured on the oil and the wine. So good. He already placed him on his donkey, walked him to an inn, paid for the first night at the inn. And in verse 35, we see that he went and he said, take care of him. He said, and on my return, I will repay you for any additional expenses. Yeah. We could see here that valuing somebody is going to cost you something. Ooh, say that again. Valuing somebody is going to cost you something. And yeah. it may not be monetary all the time. That's, that's going to play a role, but it's going to be time, energy, effort. Yeah. Valuing is going oh, it's gonna, to it's gonna get something from you because you're putting somebody else in a place that you would like to see yourself in. Yeah. And... I was thinking through this, like, how, man, how can we value people? What, what shifts that mindset? Because, you know, we're really big on no behavior modification. Yes. Like, yeah, there's some things that, okay, we, we really, it's a sanctification, a walking out of our faith. Yeah. But it's birthed from a place of God, what you have done in me and for me and through me keeps me from doing these things. Just yeah. starting from behavior first, good luck. 
it's exhausting. I tried it for a lot of years. And what it does is it produces an, an exhaustion yep. where you want nothing to do with the Lord or it produces a Pharisee. I became a Pharisee because wow. I was like, ooh, I could keep my flesh in check. This is easy. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. It, yeah. it bound me and it, and it just broke me in yeah. a completely different way that I just wouldn't want for anybody. And so we're very big on no behavior modification. So yeah. when it comes to valuing somebody else, how, to, how do we get to that place? And I felt like the Lord said, when we understand what he did for us and yes. the value he had on us, that impacts the way we turn to value somebody else. So I say it like this. When you see how God has valued you, your value towards others increases. So good. When you understand, oh my gosh, Matt already said it in Romans, while we were yet sinners, you died for me. Yeah. While I was a hot mess, you pursued me. Yeah. While I was just stuck in sin, you gave your life for me. You valued me when I didn't even see value in myself. It causes us to recognize the standard that God is calling us to live and how he's calling us to see, invest, and want to pour out ourselves for somebody else. Yeah, Does that make sense? That's super good. Yeah. I want to take us on a scriptural journey really quick. Um, the scriptures aren't going to be on the, the screen, but if you guys want to write down the ad addresses. Psalm 139.13 says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Mm. Intimacy, closeness, he knows you. Ephesians 1.4, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. So to be holy and blameless in his sight. Before the foundations of the world were formed, he knew you. Ah, oh, that's just, what yeah. in the world? Luke 12, 27. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Like, how personal is our God? Like, this is a lot of hair, mm. ladies. <laughs> like, it's a lot of it hair. Is, and it goes everywhere. Listen. It does. I think I know like every Listen. hair on your head. <laughs> like pulling it out of the Cheetos. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like at least like. We're going there. Where did this come from? I thought we weren't going there. Oh, sorry. sorry. I, you know, like it's, it's true. a lot. It's, it's been I happening wear... a lot recently. I told her, I told her I the other day, I was like, babe, you got to get one of those hairnet things, man. Like, <laughs> Because uh, it kills the food. If it's in the food, and even though it's her hair, and I love her hair, it's just, I can't do it in the food. It just, man, I'm sorry. He knows the hairs on your head. I messed you up. I'm sorry. He knows the hairs on your head. This is, this is going to be a critical conversation Crit later. <laughs> We are going to create a safe and special environment. In just a little hey, bit. remember what Christ has done for you. Value every person. You guys are seeing it in action. My whole point I'm is sorry. no, that's all right. That was funny. It is gross when hair is in your food. Um, my whole point is when we understand the value that God has placed on us. Yeah. Mm, undeserving. Uh, like I read one somewhere where it said like. Because, you know, self-worth is significant. And they were, they were saying as believers, it's, it's God-worth, really. Because mm. our self didn't earn his love. Yeah. Our self didn't earn anything that God has given us. It's a gift. Yeah. And grasping and understanding the gift that Jesus 
willingly lay down his life for me causes me to willingly, oh, Lord, let me, let me lay my life down for somebody else. Let me sacrifice. Let it cost me something because yeah. I'll never be able to repay God for what he's done, but it's an overflow of what he's done. And really quickly, I'm just reminded of this story, Abraham Lincoln, Edward um, Stanton. Uh, they were rivals. They did not like each other. Edward no, Stanton didn't. did not like President Abraham Lincoln. He thought he was an imbecile, called him a gorilla, like just despised this man. And throughout their career together, um, it came time for Abraham Lincoln to appoint a secretary of war and his cabinet came to him and like, man, who, who are we going to pick? And he names Edward Stanton and everybody was like, wait, what are you, what are you doing? This man doesn't like you. Like you guys don't like each other. And he was able, I want to, I want to say this. He was able to see and respond and act out of humility and not pride. Yeah. Because he was able to see, yep, it's a mess. Yeah, we got some stuff, but this man is qualified for the job. Yep. And so many times because of our pride and our inability to see, we keep people at an arm's length and we keep smashing them down when God, just as he saw us and called out the good in us, has called us to do the same for others. Not just people that we're in relationship with, but our enemies. Right. And the beautiful story with this Abraham Lincoln and Edward Stanton, he did appoint him as Secretary of War. We all know the end result. The war was won. Um, but they became solid friends. Yeah. And their, their differences, they, they put those aside. And like a brotherly love was birthed. It was. And just to be able for Abraham Lincoln to sit there and say, man, you have punched me in the gut. I don't like you. We have had our differences. But I'm able to see something completely different and I'm able to lower my pride, move in humility and call out what God has called out in us. And so I just want to leave you with living, valuing other people is really living a life of generosity because it is going to cost you something in closing, just valuing every person with a quote from Martin Luther King. He said on the parable of the Good Samaritan, I imagine that the first question the priest and the Levi asked was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? Mm. But by the very nature of his concern, the Good Samaritan reversed the question. If I don't stop to help this man, what will happen to him? So good. And I think we can see that so beautifully, even in our worship set today as I was worshiping You know, we go from champion, you crown me with confidence. Mm. Like, he's the one that does this for me. Yeah. And then we go into holy ground. Like, the one who crowns me with confidence, the one who calls me, the one who reached out to me is the one where I'm I'm on holy ground. Yeah. The God who owns it all, the God who is all, just willingly lays it down for me. That's so good. Shout out to our worship team. That was so good. So So anointed. So good this morning. And I I think, too, um, you told me something in that story. You said that Abraham Lincoln was used to dealing with tough people because his wife was super tough. You're welcome, Lacey. (laughs) Listen, you are who you are. No, but I I, 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 I thought that was such I thought that was such a good point. No, it's true. His wife um, had the personality like Edward Stanton, just um, just more ab- abrupt, realistic, serious, however you want to phrase it. And yeah. so it, 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 people said it might have made him easier to like walk with Edward Edwin Stanton because 
Yeah. They had the same personality. Yeah. Don't get any ideas. I'm just saying. You're I thought it was a great point. I thought it was a good point. Um, and, and, then, and then, and then, lastly, lastly is this: is is we want to be efficient in all that we do. I, I think efficiency is. We, normally, we wouldn't think of it in the category of relationships, but look, look what it says here. It says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man that fell into the hands of the robbers? Jesus asked, right? He said, the one who showed him mercy, replied the expert in the law, which he couldn't even say Samaritan. Like, he wouldn't even, they were such rivals to even have Samaritan come off of his lips would have felt like sin to this man. That's how much, that's how far apart, that's how disconnected they were. And so he says, the, the, the man who showed him mercy replied the expert in the law. Then Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And so I just want to propose this to you because as, as we think about this idea of efficiency, actually, before I propose something, let me define it. Uh, efficiency simply means achieving maximum productivity with minimum wasted effort or expense. And so we always tell our team, now obviously in certain things, it's like, man, how can we save financially? How can we be efficient in all that we do? But how can we be efficient relationally? I wonder how many relationships right now are struggling, are living in unnecessary tension, are operating in unforgiveness, where there's pain, there's brokenness, there's all of these different things, all because we refuse to take Jesus' advice to go and do the same. Like, what if we took that counsel today and just said, I'm going to go in light of all that you've done for me and how you valued me. I'm going to go and live that way. I'm going to go and do the same. I think one of the biggest lies today, and if you're taking notes, you can jot this down, is that serving is, is a burden. I think one of the lies the enemy tries to, to uh, put on the inside of us um, is that serving is just, just sacrificial, but it's not. Serving is not just sacrificial. It's actually satisfying. Proverbs says it this way. Proverbs says, a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Like that doesn't sound very sacrificial. That actually sounds kind of refreshing. Jesus said it's better to give than receive, right? Paul quoting Jesus um, in the book of Acts. And so I, I want us to, to get this picture that don't buy into the lie that sacri- sacrificing for others is going to end in dissatisfaction. You're, you're going to find the exact opposite. And, and sometimes you may not see it right off the bat. I, I love, uh, do I have time to tell the story? I have, yeah, I'm going to tell it. Um, there, there was a, a story of this gentleman. He was in a prison in Iran for about eight weeks. He was a Christian missionary. And he tells his story. He wanted to commit suicide. He tried twice, but he just couldn't figure out how to do it. And then on the third time when he figured out how the Lord appeared to him in the cell. This may be a little bit much for some of you, but bear with me. It's, it's real. It appeared to him in the cell and says, I'm going to get you through this. And so all of a sudden, once he realized, man, God values my life and, and okay, God is with me, then he started to ask the question, I need to serve my captors. And so the guy that tortured him every single day on one of the days, he, he said, listen, if, if we are going to spend the rest of our life together, and he put out his hands, he says, at least we can be friends. And he said, my name is such and such. What is your name? And he said, the soldier was just shaking. And he, he, he reached out his hand, and he, and he told him his name. He said, I, I'd, I'd really like that. So long story short, he was released after about nine weeks. 
guard got saved, a few of the prison guards got saved. And miraculously, he thought he was going to die. He thought they were going to execute him. But they, they let him go. And you, ju- you just think uh, how much time we waste, how many friendships are sacrificed, how many marriages are destroyed, how many uh, relationships between parents and kids are, are, are disastrous. And there's just really a, a moment of forgiveness. They're a, a moment of forgiveness away. They're a moment of a critical conversation away. Just, and so, so we're wasting so much and not being efficient. And then we look back and, and there's, there's a lot of regrets or there's a lot of things. Can I tell you, it's never too late to make it right relationally. Forgiveness is, is, never has a limit on, on hey, you, you've gone too far. And so I, I would just like to ask, where, where is selfishness keeping you today from satisfaction? Where is selfishness keeping you from meeting somebody on the side of the road or on the, right, on the inside of your home or in your circle of friends and influence, maybe on your job, that you need to start to pray, man, hey, how can I put my hand across across that, that table and say, man, hey, we may not see eye to eye on everything, but, on, but we can still be friends. What a, what a beauty and a testament of the gospel of Jesus. I wonder how much pain, I wonder how much time we would save, I wonder, I wonder how much hurt and division would be um, spared, how much destruction, how much disconnected would simply be spared if we would go and do likewise. And so we just have a couple of questions to ask you before we go. So we want to create safe and special environments. We want to have extra mile service. We want to remember our why. We want to value every person. We want to be efficient. All we do, it's just a filter. That's all it is. I'm, I'm getting ready to make a decision. Is it safe and special? Is this scream extra mile? Am I valuing this person? Right? Am I, am I, have I remembered my why? Is, is the gospel out in front of me? And is this really efficient? Is this the most productive thing for our relationship? And the questions are this. Take a picture and we, we, ha- we have to run. Um, you want to read the, the questions, Bill? Yeah. Where is the gospel not my filter? Oh. Does my life reflect generosity and value toward others more than myself? And where is selfishness keeping me from satisfaction? Man. Just such great internal yeah questions yeah. again not behavior modification but God do something in me. yeah reveal something in me I think it's so special even even like in this moment right now like we felt like we butchered first service we did right and it, it was bad it we was did. pretty bad it was first bad. service was rough if you're first so glad service, you're, you you're watch, here to watch second again. but <laughs> so but I, I I think I think there's there, there's something to that to say man God can restore broken things and even if it doesn't come out right the first time, there's, there's always another chance. There's always another shot. We serve a God of, of grace. And so don't beat yourself up if you go home and you're like, I'm going to master the surf standard. And you don't do very well. Try again. Try again. We, we, we don't always get it right the first no. time. But No. We, and asking the Lord just really quickly, shame and pride yeah. and fear and insecurity, those things are going to halt yeah. your surf standard. Yeah. They're just going to, they're going to take off the, the glasses of the gospel and you're going to put on yeah. the glasses of that shame and that anger and that selfishness and those wounds and those insecurities and just get your, your, your healing from the Lord. For sure. Invite him in to speak to those areas. For sure. So, Thanks again for joining us here at Fountain Church. For more details on how to get connected, visit us at fountainchurch.cc. We're also on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll see you next time.